By the Fire Podcast presents The Heart Speaks. Written and performed by Dave Smale. Chapter 37 Snuffed Out The next day, Tyrone stepped off the treadmill and buried his sweaty face in a towel. His workout complete, he chugged the last of his water and turned to find Keisha, who was on an elliptical machine a few rows down. They locked eyes and he motioned to his watch and shrugged. She understood that he was asking, how much longer do you have? She checked the machine's display and held up seven fingers. He nodded and walked to an open area gym goers used for stretching, warm-ups, and cool-downs. It was not yet 8 a.m. Multiple mounted screens streamed morning news shows on different channels, some national, others local. As Tyrone stretched, he perused the mostly irrelevant happenings around the globe. A protest in some foreign country, an earthquake in another. A local morning gridlock looked worse than usual. Good thing I don't have anywhere to be, he thought. His eye caught something on the far screen. Footage of a house fire. A house that looked familiar. He moved closer while inconspicuously stretching his calves. The TV volume was down on all the screens, favoring the gym's pop music playlist, which was why Tyrone kept his earbuds in. As his eyes focused on the burning house, he realized he did recognize the place. His gut sank. Strapped to his arm, his phone chirped and buzzed twice. A text message. Instead of awkwardly pulling the phone from the athletic holder, he stripped the whole assembly from his arm and read the text. It was from Holloman. Sorry to hear about your partner. My condolences. What? Tyrone looked back at the TV. Jerry's official police photo filled the screen. Below his smirking face, a Chiron read, Beloved officer and Navy vet dies in house fire. He stared at the screen, mouth agape. A few other photos of Jerry scrolled. One of him as a 38-year-old rookie officer. Another of him posing in his Navy chief petty officer uniform. Another of Jerry drinking with friends at a bar. Moments later, the screen shifted to police chief James speaking to reporters likely extolling Jerry's service to the department. Tyrone remembered her as the deputy chief back when he'd been fired. And just like that, the news coverage shifted to some other story. Dazed, and with his earbuds still blaring music, Tyrone neither saw nor heard Keisha. He jumped when she tapped him, which also made her jump. He removed his earbuds. Sorry, baby, he said. You all right? She asked. Nah. Just seen on the news. Jerry died. She gasped. Uh, On the news? Yeah. His house caught fire, I guess. He trailed off. Oh my. Ty, I'm so sorry. He said nothing for a long moment, staring at the gym's rubberized floor. You ready to go? He finally said. She nodded. Memories of Jerry's quick-witted sense of humor and affection for coffee dominated Tyrone's mind on the silent ride home. 
Keisha had apparently decided to give him space to think and grieve, which he appreciated. He now sat at the dining room table and stroked the stubble on his chin. Though Jerry was in his 60s, single with an estranged family, Tyrone felt that his candle had been snuffed out too early. Ironically, by a fire. I'm going to shower and then make some breakfast. You hungry, baby? Keisha asked. Uh, nah, he replied, zombie-like. She disappeared down the hall. The memories of Jerry slowly tapered, replaced by critical, detective-like thoughts. How did it happen? Was it arson? Just yesterday, he'd learned of Channing's secret life, and today Jerry was dead? Was it a coincidence? Nah, can't be. Ain't no such thing. Had Channing set Jerry's house ablaze? Or at least hired someone to do so? The man had a motive. But what about the means? Or an alibi? He'd have to find out. Tyrone pulled out his phone and dialed Holloman. Hey. The P.I. answered. Hey, Tyrone replied. Sorry to hear about Stills. Thanks, man. He... He was a good cop. Always made me laugh. Gonna miss him. Of course. Holloman replied. Hey, listen. I know I ain't a cop no more, but... There's a part of me that... You'll always be a cop. Holloman filled in. Yeah. It's like... I can't turn off being a detective. Even when I was teaching, you know? And so... I feel real bad about Jerry, but... Man... I can't help but think... Channing had something to do with it. Holloman interrupted, reading Tyrone's mind. Yeah. I had the same thought. Apparently our friends on the force did too, because they arrested him this morning. Tyrone sat stunned. Dang. Just like that? Just like that. What's the charge? Murder? Tyrone asked. No clue. Just heard about it from Cole. He texted me. Wait, did you already send him everything y'all found on Channing's computer? Yep, yesterday. That's quick for getting a warrant, Tyrone said. I agree. Lieutenant Cole probably leveraged his rank, I'm sure. Yeah, while we on that subject, how come you could go to the police with the stuff you found on Channing's computer, but not the stuff Channing told you about the corruption in the department? Simple. Once his word against theirs. The other, we personally uncovered. If Channing wanted his story told, he should have gone to internal affairs. Not you or me. Makes it even harder to believe. The trash we found on his computer, that's a felony that we'd get arrested for if we didn't report it. That's right, that's right. Tyrone replied, recalling the legal protocol from his cop days. Well, let me know what happens. Hey, I'm probably going to be off the grid here soon. Why's that? Harry's Hope called me yesterday. I go in for an interview later today, but they said everything looked good. I'm probably going to start training in the next week or so. That's that trafficking outfit? Holloman asked. Yeah. Well, congratulations. I'm sure you'll do great. Guess it's too late to try and convince you to come work for me. Yeah, but I appreciate the offer. Guess that also means you won't be a part of my plans. Holloman said. Oh, dang. It's fine, Bowman. 
Now that Channing's arrested, I'm sure he'll sing like a bird. We'll find out what happened to Stills, find out if everything about Vale, First, and Bolian was a lie. All of it. Who knows? Maybe we'll even find out if what you think happened with Darrell Thompson's daughter and your daughter happened. I'll take care of that. You go bust some bad guys. We'll do, boss. Oh, and Holloman? Yeah. Thanks for everything. Thanks for listening to The Heart Speaks. If you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to leave me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. I'll be back next week with another chapter. Until then, God bless and thank you. This is a work of fiction. Names, characters, businesses, places, events, and incidents are either the products of the author's imagination or used in a fictitious manner. Any resemblance to actual persons, living or dead, or actual events, is purely coincidental.